Welcome back to another episode of Dissecting Success. Today we chat with Karen Kenny, also known as KK, who is a certified spiritual mentor, author, speaker, and the host of the Karen Kenny Show podcast. She's the founder of The Nest, which is an online spiritual membership and community. She shares her real story of achieving success, where she came from, where she is today, and what she defines as success. Ever wonder what success actually means? How do you get it? And how do you keep it? We all want it, yet sometimes it feels only some of us get to have it. Hi, Teresa and Blair here. We are two badass entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, coaches, and business mentors who have had success, felt success, questioned our own success, and reclaimed it. Let's be real for a hot minute. 2020 has been a roller coaster ride, and many of us have started to wonder if they'll lose the things that made them successful. So we got curious, raw and real about what success is truly about. Can you put it in a box? How can you get it? Can people take it away or are you the one with the power? Does it mean the same to all of us or are we the ones that create it? From PGA golf pros to doctors, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and spiritual mentors. We get together to meet with successful people from around the globe to dissect success through vibrant conversations and interviews. Make sure you click the subscribe button on the App Store because each week we will drop a new episode to bust through the myths around success and dissect its true meaning. Well, hello, Karen. Hey, you guys. I'm hey. excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I can't wait to just dive in. Like, what are we yeah, talking about? Yeah, first of all, should I call you Karen or KK? Everybody who's close to me or knows me well calls me KK. Some version of that. It's either K, KK, Special K, K squared, oh. K2. Well, we'll start with it. Karen. And then by the end of the interview, we'll all call you KK. <laughs> Perfect. That's it. Um, Karen, what, tell me, what does success mean to you? Um. I think to me, success is really about, you know, we all define it differently. So, you know, for somebody, it might be like, am I making a lot of money? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? At the end of the day, I don't care how much money I'm like, what's the point of making a gazillion dollars if you're fucking miserable the whole time you're doing it? Like that to me is just not interesting. So to me, success really is, is I'm doing the work that I feel like I'm called to do that the divine, like in A Course in Miracles, we say we all have an individual curriculum. So we all have our own divine purpose. So if I wake up in the morning, I feel like I'm living in alignment with my calling and my purpose. I am somehow getting to express myself and be creative. Um, I feel like I'm being helpful in some way, like I'm adding value to the world. I'm being helpful and not a hindrance. And that um, I'm also getting like able to like make some money and save a little money like amazing. I'm not driven. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm fine with having a gazillion dollars, but that's not primarily what drives me. I know a lot of miserable rich people. You know what I'm saying? So I completely understand. So tell, like, I feel the same way. There's been times where I, people think I'm successful and I'm poor, like nothing's in my bank account. I'm going to discount grocery stores. There's been times where 
my plate is so full and I'm so busy. I can't even cash checks where I am successful, but I'm miserable. So it's like that happy balance. And yeah. you obviously just, you know, you want to do what gets you all fired up. So at this moment in time, what's really firing you up? Like what's making you feel successful now and compared to when you've felt the most successful? Um, I think what one of the things that I love is that I, I call it like sometimes like the, the way of the feather or living in fearless flow. And so much of that is about um, being able to move through the world with forgiveness, um, also with fun and freedom. That's the flow for me. If I'm not in a flow state, then I'm just like, it's just not interesting to me. I don't, I, I just want to be able to, I'm a writer first and foremost, like that's, I'm a spiritual mentor, yes. But as somebody who loves to communicate through words and whether that's on my podcast or doing whatever. So what lights me up right now is writing my book. I'm writing a memoir. Um, what lights me up right now is my spiritual membership and community, The Nest. Um, what lights me up right now is The Karen Kenny Show, my own podcast. I love it. What lights me up right now is connecting to other amazing human beings by being guests on their show like you guys, right? For me, it's all about like just connecting through words. I'm like, give me a mic, give me a pen, whatever it is, just an opportunity. Th those are the things that are lighting me up right now. Um, the creative projects in my life and my coaching, obviously, like my mentoring and stuff like that. It's a blast. There's not much that I do that I'm not having fun at. Like I just, I'm at an age, I'm 52 and I'm like, yeah, I'm just not interested in doing all that other shit. If it's not fun, I'm really not that interested. But how amazing is that, Karen? Like, if it's not fun, I'm just not really that interested. I mean, that's pretty incredible, right? Like, while everybody else, you know, let's face it, is chasing this whole idea around money and power and having more and more, you're sitting back and you're like, I'm loving this creative process to slides my heart on fire. And I'm getting to have fun every day. I mean, what would you rather have, right? Like for some of the listeners, I mean, I was listening and I was like, oh, she's my girl. I like having myself <laughs> some fun every single day and everything else sort of becomes, you know, second, like it, the importance sort of shifts in a really strange way when we get focused in on fun and creativity and a process and a journey rather than, you know, just result focused viewpoint. So I love that you just shared that. So oh, powerful. Thank you. And it's like, you know, and I also think, look, it, it doesn't mean like, cause I want to be clear to whoever's listening right now. It doesn't mean that there aren't still difficult things in our business, right? We still pay bills. We still have to figure shit out. We still have to do things, right? I always say it doesn't mean I'm like, there are things in life you just do cause they're the right thing to do, right? When somebody dies, we go to a funeral, whether you love funerals or not, like you go, like you pay your bills, right? Like there's things that like might not be seem like fun. But I think that in the work that I do in the spiritual and personal work that I do, um, being able to train my mind, right? And, and to place it however I want it. The reason why I'm telling you this is you can make just about anything, not all things, of course, like funerals, but you can make just about anything fun if you understand why you're doing it. If you, uh, and, it and it's the story that we tell about the thing that we're doing. So it's not like every single thing I do in my day is like, yeah, I can't wait to get up and pay my bills. But you can bet your ass, I'm grateful that I have the money in my bank account that day to pay my bill because there were plenty of times in my life when I had no money, when I was sleeping on somebody's floor, when there weren't whatever. So now I just kind of look at my life through the lens of, um, 
and it sounds cliche and whatever, but I really mean it. Like it's like with, I have deep faith and I have deep gratitude and I try to move through the world, never forgetting who I am, where I came from, how far I've come. So everything now just kind of feels like in a lot of ways, um, a get to. And if it stops feeling like a get to, then I stop and question, is this something I still want to keep doing? So I'm wicked intentional about my time, the people I hang out with, how and where I spend my money, um, my calendar, all of that. Because look, my life at best is half over. Like I've got less years in front of me than I have behind me. So I'm not messing around anymore. I'm not playing games. I don't have time for nonsense, right? I have a lot of fun in my life, but I just don't have time for like childish bullshit. Like, and so much of the entrepreneurial world is just like laden with all this stuff of like pretending and performing and trying to get and be and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, no, not, not interesting to me. <laughs> so do you think, so you just mentioned that there was times where you were sleeping on your friend's couch, couches <clears throat> and now you're in a different position. Back then, what would you de determine as success and how has success changed to where you are now? Well, back then, that was like in college when I basically was on my own. I was on my own from 17 on. And so, you know, when everybody else would be on college break or whatever, I had no parents. I had nowhere to go. So for me, when I ran out of money, um, being able to pay for school, like going into my junior year, and I didn't know what I was going to do. My bank account was literally at like 20 bucks or something, uh, 140 bucks. It was just low. And a friend of mine, who I met because I ran the weight room at Boston University. And um, she said, you can come stay at my place. And so I literally slept on a mattress in her living room behind her couch on the floor for like two years. Um, and back then success was, yeah, I'm sleeping on the floor, but I'm still going to get my degree. I'm still going to college, right? So, and it wasn't even that intentional. Like, let's be clear at 18, 19, 20, you know, I wasn't aware that this is successful right now. And anybody who would have looked at me probably would have been like, how successful is that, that you're sleeping on the floor? I'm like, yeah, but I'm not sleeping on the street and I'm not dropping out of school. I was determined <laughs> to like finish and like, you know, and do that. So I think back then, like when I was a young kid, of course, especially a kid who came from Lawrence Mass, kind of poor, you know, you're looking up to people and it was like, yeah, it was the money, it was, to me, money just represents choice. It represents freedom. It repre represents opportunities to be generous, right? The more I have, the more I can give and invest in things that I believe in and the causes that I love. So back then to me, I think success would have just looked like a big fat number because that was like money because that would have been survival. And it's different now. It's different now the way that I view the lens through because um, for me, success is am I happy? That's, and I think that's brilliant. And obviously that comes with many life lessons. And I think it's so interesting because success is about perception, right? Like, there you go. You're sleeping with a roof over your head and you're getting a degree and you're not homeless and you, you know, you're safe. Yeah. And I think like in coming where I came from, you know, like, you know, my story, my life didn't always feel safe. You know, my for, you know, you, you know, maybe a tiny bit of the story, but my mother was murdered when I was 12 and my life just got blown apart and I was hustling. Like I'm not interested in hustling at all. I hustled most of my younger life. And when I say hustle, I wasn't like Gary V hustling. Like I had a lemonade stand and I was flipping stuff like business cards, like baseball cards. I meant I was hustling to stay alive. 
and everything was intense, right? Like it was so, my, my younger years were so stressful and I was so, I was just trying to survive, man. I was just trying to survive. So now that I'm older, I'm just not interested. Like, even when you think about like, everybody's like, gotta hustle, the grind, the whatever, like somehow that's like, I'm not, hey, if that's your bag, that's your bag, whatever. It's not for me. Hustling is not that interesting to me. Just like working an insane amount of hours, like Gary Vee was saying the other day, something like, whether I was making a buck or a million, I was doing it because I'm an entrepreneur. Like, this is my thing. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I am not a serial entrepreneur. Most of business doesn't even interest me. I'm not interested in funnels. I'm not interested in like how you get the thing to go to the thing and opt in and do the whole thing. I'm like, let me just talk to the people and love the people and communicate with the people. That's what lights me up. But how you do it, hooking up your Zapier to talk to that thing, to make your list bigger, to grow that, to like, I'm just like, whatever. It comes with the territory, just not that interesting to me. But the people who like hustle and they're in the game and they love it and they're going, again, not judging. It's just not resonant for my spirit. You know what I mean? One of the things I find so interesting about this is that this whole hustle culture, right? Like there's this whole thing and this whole idea around the harder we hustle, the more we do, the faster we go, the more success we will have. It's like you grind and then you go get it, girl. And then you just keep pushing and going, right? Like, and I've been in that life and I got to a point where I was like, damn, this shit's not working, right? Like, this isn't <laughs> working for me. And so I love that you share that because I think especially in this entrepreneur world and the coaching world and, and mentorship, all that, right? Like, it's kind of overwhelming with all the all the things, the funnels, the, I mean, it gives me a headache looking yes. at them. And <laughs> I find it so interesting because, you know, by questioning that, what were some of the things that have opened up for you in the way maybe you run your business and you've turned it you know, into your ability to share with the people, to show up for the people? How did you do that? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, um, I had taken my business to a, like I started off as a yoga teacher. I've been a yoga teacher for over 20 years. So that's where my business first started. I had a yoga studio um, for 10 years. And then I, I was called to, um, I was already kind of doing spiritual mentoring. I was just doing it for free. And then I went and got certified and I've always been a writer. So I'm an author and a writer and all these other things. So um, communication has always been my thing. And when I realized I didn't want to own a yoga studio anymore, I was never a person like there are people who have like legacy businesses, right? Like my friend who's an eye doctor, he's had his practice for 40 years. He's looking for somebody to take over his practice. They'll buy him out that whole thing. I was my business. So I was like, I was quest yoga. So when it came time for that to end, there was no selling my list or selling my stuff. I was like, I'm just closing. And now I'm reinventing and do, it wasn't even reinventing. I was just stepping into a new thing. So for me, um, Wait, get me back to the heartbeat of your question about like, um, what, what, say, can you ask me that again so I can get more precise? Yeah, absolutely. It's really about, you know, how did you transition from this whole idea of hustling and, you know, oh. not being pulled into this yes. hustle culture that so many people really are trapped in and you found a way to make it work for you? Because I think that's really interesting for people to hear. Yeah, thank you for clarifying. So I, I, I was on the right track. I just doubted myself for a second there. So yeah, yeah okay. so when I decided that I was gonna do spiritual mentoring full time, I was letting go of the studio. I was like, 
I was just doing like one-offs, like trading time for money, right? Like this session for 250 bucks or whatever. And I was like, this actually isn't helpful to, for me because there's only so many hours in a day. There's only so many people I can serve. And it's also not helpful for them because anybody who's dealing with trauma or suffering or trying to navigate the being human experience, you come and talk to me, you're going to feel better, you know? But when you get to the car and then you go home and you get back in your environment, it's like, yeah, no. So those one-offs weren't working, but I didn't know how to do it any other way. So I invested in a business coach, a business program. And I was in the business program for like two years. And one of the things that this business program came with was like, like this marketing book. It was like, for those, I don't know if you guys are doing video or not, but it, it was like this thing. It was like six, it was a big fat book of marketing. And it was like everything you could do. It was like network models, uh, speaking gigs, um, affiliate JV relationships, um, LinkedIn this and this and that. And like, I was just like, I looked at it, I was like, nope. Like I flipped through it and I was like, nope, 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 nope. No, like none of it. I was like, I don't wanna really do any of this. And I, I work with what I call my spiritual team. I believe we all have an inner teacher, right? I have, like I always say GPS, I have inner GPS, God's pretty smart. My spiritual team's on the job. We're all, all open to receive divine inspiration, right? So I just always say, I'm just putting my spiritual team on the job. My spiritual team is my publicist. My spiritual team is the one who's going to find the shows or whatever. Like you guys, like I just met Blair. I didn't like hustle to get on your show. I didn't write to you and say, I want to be on your show. Right. So I just started kind of looking at my marketing stuff and I'm like, here's how I do marketing. I'm like, it's magic manifestation and miracles. I'm like, I'm not out there grinding. I have never asked any, any, any podcast that I've been on to date. I don't think I've asked a single person to put me on their show. Any client that comes to me, it's that they find me through natural organic word of mouth. They see me speak on a stage. I've just, I've never, I tried to run Facebook ads once didn't know what I was doing, spent like 200 bucks. Got, I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. So for me, it's always just been a more organic and natural thing. And I use oftentimes my body as a barometer. When I think about doing this, how do I feel? And if I feel like I contract, if I feel like my body goes into like stress or repulsion or resistance or fear, then I'm like, that's not for me. If I think about like, oh, I'm going to do a Facebook live later and I get excited. I'm like, my body is telling me constantly, this is a full bodied. Yes. This sounds fun. This feels good. That's the love. Everything expands and, and miracles become possible. And my mind opens and I become a clearer channel for the divine to come through. So that was the switch for me. I was just like, I'm not interested in grinding hustle and trying to figure it all out on my own. I'm going to call in some human people who can help me, but more than ever, I am going to surrender to the process of the divine and I'm going to trust something greater than myself. Wow. I love that, Karen. And you know what? I feel you because I am switching to being on that path as well manifesting, putting it out there what I want, and the universe delivers. And I really think that's powerful. And 
you know, in the beginning when I was younger, I was hustling hard. Like I was 23 and started my business in a really expensive city and had no idea what I was doing. And now (laughs) I could be selective about what I let into my life and remove the things that my body has that contraction for. And I think what you just said is so valuable. And to wrap up our time with you, KK, is it time to call you KK? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's one piece of advice you want to give people who are on their path to success? What, you know, those years of wisdom, those decades of wisdom you have, like what is one solid piece of advice you have for those of, um, of those of us listening to this episode? I mean, I think one of the greatest things you can do, as a spiritual mentor, I'm going to say this, is to find, like to create what I call a DSP, a daily spiritual practice. The reason why I'm saying that is if you can develop a practice of meditation, contemplation, breath work, prayer, whatever it is that you do that allows you to quiet your mind so that you are not making decisions from the ego, from your history, from your competition, from your fear, from your not good enough, from I've got to hustle, I've got to do all this, stop trying to create from a place of lack scarcity, but you don't even know that you're doing that. So, you know, one of my meditation teachers, Ashwaran, he said, he is my meditation teacher. He's dead now, but he's, you know, he's still my teacher, but he always says like a fast mind is sick. A, st- and he's, a fast mind is sick. A slow mind is kind of like, let's say a slow mind is helpful, but a still mind is divine. And it's when you can get quiet enough to hear the calling of your own heart. It's when you can get quiet enough to hear, whether you call it your inner teacher, Holy Spirit, your gut instinct, your intuition, your knowing, your tr- whatever it is, that inner voice that, that, that resides within us. I'm dead serious about this. This isn't about the woo. I always say it's not woo woo. It's true, true, right? It's like, if you can tune into the the wisdom that exists within you and that is trying to come through you, that is a game changer because you stop looking outside of yourself for permission, for the answers, for somebody else to fix it. You actually start to follow the individual curriculum and the purpose that you are here for. And, you're, and, and it, I'm not saying you can't have external helpers or teachers or because that's what mentors and coaches are really good for. They've gone first and they can actually report back and be helpful and say, hey, watch out for that rock. You might trip there. Hey, don't do that. That's going to make you fall over the thing, right? You want people who have gone before you to reach back and to help you. But first, you've got to get wicked clear and intentional, intentional about who you are and what you want. And what you really want to create, because once you move, you said this too, it's very true. Once you commit, once you, once you commit, providence will move too, they say. And what you need, the resources, the people will show up. But I always say this, the universe can't get behind wishy-washy. Oh, I don't know. I think maybe I'm not sure. What should I, uh, 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 nobody can help that. And we got to get clear and we can only get clear by getting quiet, slowing down. I love that. So just to recap, for those of you who want that one piece of advice, a still mind is divine. So figure out a practice, a ritual, a routine to calm your mind, to still your mind. I mean, to still your mind, to stop your mind. No, wait, to quiet, call it quiet your mind. (laughs) Don't still your mind or distill your mind, (laughs) but find a practice to quiet your mind because a still mind, mind is divine. And I think that's super valuable, Karen. 
I really appreciate you coming on, dissecting success, sharing your journey, um, sharing your stories, being so open and vulnerable. And, you know, you're just such a firecracker, KK. And thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate you so much. And thank you, Teresa. You have a a killer accent, too. So I love getting to hear that as well. Well, there you Uh, go. We can do that right off the bat. So, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, in the show, show notes, show details, we'll share Karen's info. You can learn more about her, check out her links, support her, join her nest, flock to her nest. Is that what (laughs) you call, do you call that flock to people who come to you, the flock to your nest? Well, the people in the nest are kind of like the peacocks and yeah. So it's like peacock, like peacocks are called a pride of peacocks or a gathering of a flock. It doesn't matter what you call it. You just come to the nest. Everybody's welcome. But I appreciate you guys so much for having me. Thank you so much. I wish you so much success for your show. And uh, I just appreciate you. And I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Awesome. Thanks, Karen. That's a wrap for another episode of Dissecting Success. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe to Blair Kaplan Venables and Teresa Lambert's podcast, Dissecting Success on the App Store. And follow us on Instagram at Teresa Lambert Coaching and Blair from Blairland to stay up to date on our latest episodes, badass offers, and more.